What else can we do? I mean, I, Sam, I don't think there's any other appropriate way to start the show. We got to give credit where credit is due. No, <laughs> absolutely. I love What's up, everybody? It's Wednesday night, week 15 here on Big Blue Avenue. I'm Tom Scavetta. Join alongside Sam Cardona. Appreciate you all joining our show. Quick reminder, if you're new, check us out on all of our social media on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at Big Blue Avenue or here on Facebook Live if you're catching us. How are you feeling, Sam? You just recorded with Jordan for your other show, Unsolicited. You talked about Tommy DeVito. We're here now on Big Blue Avenue. Zero transition for you. How's it going? And how are you feeling? (laughs) I mean, I have not felt this good it all season really like even after that Cardinals win you know and even after these few wins we've had with Tommy DeVito this was uh, like such a pivotal game for us and for like the entire NFC like we like have are literally single-handedly shaping the NFC playoff picture um and Tommy DeVito is just having fun while he's doing it I'm I'm just so in awe with the way he was able to have a game-winning drive, use Wandale Robinson, use Saquon Barkley, use all these guys. I'm just – there was so much happening, and we were texting through this game, and I was – like, we were both saying, like, what universe are we living in right now? Like, what is happening? I I got my my soprano shirt on today. I always wear this, but I got my Italian horn on today. Like, you know, we're we're really leaning into this, and – I'm honestly, I'm just living in this moment right now. I'm enjoying it. I'm having fun. We're on a win streak and we're one game out of the playoffs. It's incredible. Incredible. The way things have panned out, Sam, I'm happy you're loving it because I'm loving it too. Um, Monday night, I slept maybe two to three hours. Caught up last night, thankfully, but Monday night was brutal. After that game, it's like, how do you fall asleep after a game like that? I, I personally couldn't. No, I was like wound up. Yeah. Like I had to take a melatonin to fall asleep because I was like so amped. Yes. Um, melatonin is the key to any Giants victory if you're wound up. Um, might be good for a loss too to just forget about it. But pause over here. Um, <laughs> let me start off by saying that the Giants can get into a playoff spot this week if five things happen. If the Giants beat the Saints, if the Bucks beat the Packers, if the Vikings lose to the Bengals, if the uh, Rams lose, and then there's one other team that has to lose, I think Atlanta has to lose to Carolina. So that won't happen. But just saying it's not far-fetched. And improving to 5-8, and eight, now on a three-game winning streak, folks, Big Blue has won. Their first Monday night football game since 2018. They had an eight-game losing streak on Monday night football. And Sam, I hate to say it, Tommy DeVito is starting to do things that Daniel Jones has not done in five years. Um, DeVito handed Matt LaFleur his first loss as a head coach in December. He completed 81% of his passes for a touchdown. Um, 113.9 passer rating. And he was named NFC Offensive Player of the Week. Taking the storylines aside for just a moment, I know it's exciting to talk about. Let's talk about Tommy DeVito, the player, and what he was able to do out there, especially late in the game. I feel like once the Giants got the ball back on that last drive, I had a feeling 
they were going to score, and they did. Yeah, it was – I honestly, after that crazy Green Bay touchdown happened, like, you know, for a hot second I thought maybe he wasn't in, but as the replays happened, like, it was very obvious that he had scored a touchdown, and I was like – pretty pissed off about it but I was like okay there was about a minute and a half left on the clock and I was like why do I have all this faith in Tommy DeVito right now to get down the field at least into field goal position and kick a field goal and Randy Bullock I didn't have as much faith in I'm not gonna lie to you I was feeling a little nervous about the kick but no like I he stepped on the field and I think it's this energy like not only his talents because he honestly his numbers were not astronomically great they were not like these phenomenal numbers but I think even Troy Aikman said it he was like he's just doing his job like he's doing what he needs to do to win this game and like he was getting the ball into Saquon's hands he was getting the ball into Wandale's hands he was getting the ball into Isaiah Hodgins's hands like it was just working and the energy I think is not only the fans, but the players are feeling it because not only did Dami DeVito not take any sacks, which is, means that our offensive line improved, the defense looked incredible. Like, I was like, where did this come from? So I think that this confidence in our quarterback, which is not to say Daniel Jones didn't have confidence, but there's a different type of swagger about Tommy DeVito that's just like really rippling. And like I said, his talent is there and he's doing what he needs to do, but he's not like monumental talent he's just utilizing his team to their greatest strengths which is what we've been trying to do for years and it's really comforting to see somebody be actually being able to do it as opposed to the struggles that we've been seeing these past few years i'm with you and quick shout out to steven tuning in from virginia beach tonight thank you very much steven appreciate you um yeah, you know, the, the player, he brings in a type of excitement, a lot of energy. Um, this is the best rookie quarterback play we've seen since Phil Sims. to be honest with you, not to compare him to Phil Sims, but, I mean, you got the dad and the agent kissing each other in the stands. <laughs> By the way, I want to say this right now, Sean Stellato, that was an act. I immediately looked up pictures of him. He's never wearing a fedora. He doesn't do that stuff on the regular DeVito, his family, his agent, all of them are playing into this storyline a little bit and fabricating it. They're exaggerating it more than you would like regardless. I don't care. It's it's awesome. Um, I watched the DeVito presser today. Reporters are still asking him about being Italian and from New Jersey. I think he's starting to get tired of it just a little bit because they want to focus on DeVito winning. I want to focus on DeVito winning at this point. That's just a plus to DeVito, the person, because he can relate to the area, right? A lot of fans here, you know, have similar background to Tommy DeVito in that specific area of North Jersey. And, you know, a lot of people like him for it. If DeVito was doing this in, let's say, Washington or Atlanta, this won't be as big of a story for sure. And to your point on the defense, Sam, I mean, Bobby Okereke, Deontay Banks, Jason Pinnock, the three of them have been incredible all season long. Uh, The defense now has 12 created turnovers over the last three games. That's the most in the NFL over the last month. That includes the Giants having a bye week. One week, they're in that four-week stretch, 
And we've still created the most turnovers in the National Football League over four weeks. Deontay Banks held Jaden Reed to eight catches, eight catches, a lot of catches, but just for 27 yards. I mean, he's a stud. He really is a stud, and I'm excited for him and his future. Yeah. No, I, I again, I don't know if it's the Tommy DeVito effect or the confidence or what it, whatever, but this defense – looked outstanding, like I said before. And maybe, you know, there was this turn of events, but I'd like to think that Wink Martindale is just starting to shift. He's just starting to teach these guys and coach these guys the correct way and to utilize them um, correctly against certain offenses because obviously the Packers looked bad. Like the Packers looked atrocious and it was like jumping on that vulnerability that it's like, they're playing bad. Let's make them play even worse for our benefit. And it worked. And like the, the turnovers rate, even I'll throw cave on in there too. You know, he was doing an incredible job as well. I'm just, I'm very impressed. And they, we would not have been able to win that game if it were not for the defense, the defense played a, if not 50, 50, if not, 70 30 part of that game because it was a huge huge deal stopping them on that second um the two-point conversion huge changed the game so i i huge huge shout out i know we're talking so much about tommy but huge huge shout out to the defense the defense deserves a lot of props folks uh a sean robinson has filled in beautifully for um leonard williams since being traded Kayvon thibodeau had half a sack now it's 11 and a half sacks on the season. Pinnock had the pick, his second of the year. Aziz Ojolari got his first sack of the season. And not just that, he played well in run defense. He looked really good. He had three QB hits. He had the second highest PFF grade among any defender on the Giants this week. Dexter Lawrence. So, I mean, that goes to show you a lot. Like, Aziz, when healthy, is really good. I had a coworker telling me, you need to draft somebody good opposite of Kayvon, Kayvon Thibodeau. And I'm like, mm-hmm. we have somebody good. He's just never on the field. Yeah. He's never on the field. It's a big deal. Like, you know, staying healthy is one of the biggest parts of the game. Like, if you're not there, you can't play, no matter how you play. So health is important. What's up, goofballs? Appreciate you. Says Aziz can be a good player, will be a good player if he can stay healthy. Keep in mind, he dropped for a reason, though. Yeah, injuries back, I think, late in high school that he had uh, goofballs. Yeah, so it's just one of those scenarios where if he can stay on the field, if he he switched the way he trained this past offseason, he's been training a lot differently. Unfortunately, he still had a brief stint on the IR, and he's had trouble getting back into this defense. I'm going to point out that, Sam, we have not mentioned his name yet on the show this season. Benton Whitley, who recovered that fumble on special teams, has displaced Boogie Basham. Boogie Basham was a healthy scratch on Monday Night Football, on top of Paris Campbell, by the way. But um, for Benton Whitley's purpose, um, he's played so well since coming in. His number was called upon. And he's done really, really good stuff, and I'm proud of him. So, um, yeah, Aziz needs to step up. Other guys are stepping up. Dexter Lawrence had four pressures on 20 pass rushing snaps, and I think part of the reason why we're just one game out of a playoff spot, the defense was never going to be bad throughout the whole season. 
I'll argue they were average to above average most of the season. Now they're really good. And Sam, it kind of emphasizes the point that Wink Martindale must return in 2024. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. Like I said before, you know, he's working on this defense and it's very obvious that he's doing what he needs to do. And this defense is looking the best it has all season. So whatever, even if there was any sort of tiff between him and Dable, it's very obvious that they have put either put it aside, figured it out, or just been like, you know, this is a professional environment. Let's be professional. And they're they're handling it well. And again, whether or not it happened, you know, we really don't know what's going on with that situation, but I would love to see Wink back and I would, I would greet him with open arms. And finally, um, back to the offense, since we pretty much spent it all on DeVito, uh, Barkley was good outside of that fumble. Giants had 209 total rushing yards. Wandale, 115 total yards. Wandale's turning into that gadget player, Sam. We want him to. He's being everything that Kadarius Tony was supposed to be. And I love it. I love I, it. I just have to say, uh, not to veer off topic, but just the fact that Kadarius Tony was the reason why the Chiefs lost that game <laughs> on Sunday just made me laugh. Like, come on, dude. Line up line up the way you're supposed to. You know if you're offsides or not. Like, let's let's not be too too hasty here. And the play of the game for me on Monday night, Sam, the Isaiah Hodgins catch corner of the end zone that catch had an 18 percent catch probability rate according to next gen so incredible work by isaiah yeah i know and when when um i had to step away at that point in time in the game and i had texted you like oh my god there's points on the board like who scored and you said isaiah hodgins and i was like isaiah hodgins i didn't even know he was still around (laughs) like we haven't seen him all year so that was just great to that you know DeVito's passing the ball around. We're seeing Wandale a lot more. We're seeing Hodgins a lot more. I wish we saw a little bit more Hyatt in the mix in this past game, but whatever works, works. I think part of it, too, is Hyatt was kind of taking Hodgins' snaps away, and now Hodgins is getting sprinkled more back in that Hyatt's sort of taking a back seat. In reality, I think it should be Darius Slayton that is taking a back seat a little bit. I know other content creators have a different opinion on that, and that's totally okay. Slayton's on a two-year deal. He won't be here past next season at most, in my personal opinion, um, especially mm-hmm. if they move on from Daniel Jones, because that's Jones's boy. Um, right. Hodgins, Wandale, and Hyatt, those are the future three for me. If you want to draft somebody and get a bona fide number one or try to develop Hyatt into a bona fide number one, great. No problem with that. But right now, those need to be the three that are on the field the most. Those are the three we want to learn about the most, similar to how they're doing this with Tommy DeVito, with Daniel Bellinger. You know, Bellinger has, you know, benefited uh, with Waller being out, getting right. more reps. But I agree. Is that a Bills banner? I notice it's wide right. Oh, my God. I never right. noticed that. Like I, I've always seen the banner, Sam, but I've always seen it. You've mentioned it multiple times, but be, it being wide right never crossed my mind. You know, maybe I did that on purpose. I didn't. I didn't do that on purpose, but <laughs> that's a very yeah. funny joke. But yes, my Bills banner. It's just my AFC team, my other red, white, and blue New York team that I like to support. Folks, just to clarify, technically, from Sam's perspective, it's to her left. 
on the camera is. is to the right. <laughs> it is. This is this is my left. So. Um, but yes, yeah, Sam. Let's get into our Giants Player of the Week. We've talked about a lot of players, but ultimately we had to come to consensus with one, and it is none other than the Stallion himself, Tommy DeVito. Tommy uh, Kovic. I made this a little little extra spicy for us today. Uh, this graphic, but obviously, as Tom mentioned earlier, our NFC Offensive Player of the Week. Um, and, you know, we were mentioning his numbers earlier. Nothing crazy, but 17 for 21 for 500 and, oh, sorry, 158 passing yards and a touchdown, 71 rushing yards, which we love to see, and 113.9 passer rating. Um, this is his first career game-winning drive, which led to the obvious game-winning field goal by Randy Bullock. Um, that 37-yard field goal, dead center, loved it. Um, the first New York Giants rookie quarterback to win three consecutive games as a starter since Bill Sims, as Tom mentioned earlier, in 1979. 100-plus passer ratings over the last three weeks. He's the only quarterback to do that this year. And as an NFL starting quarterback, he is 3-1. and one. And obviously the photos of Dad and Sean Stolano kissing each other on the cheek after the touchdown to Hodgins. Just pure just picturesque kind of moment. So obviously our player of the week this week. That is Tommy DeVito. Um, I can't escape the DeVito jokes. Coworker of mine who played football against DeVito in high school is now just like saying Tommy all, all the time. And I can't escape that because me and DeVito have the same name, except right. I don't go by his nickname as you can see on the screen, but Yes. Um, we do have the same name, so we definitely. I don't think you're a Tommy that. Tom. I think you're mm-hmm. a Tom. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Um, I do want to get to a comment. Uh, Stephen, apologies for not getting to this earlier. Jesse Armstead's role, I believe he's a defensive assistant or quality control. I forget the exact title, but when Brett Bielema left in 2020 for Illinois, shout out Andy Hopper um, from the Brute Party, if you're watching. He took over as head coach for them. Armstead took over as the outside linebackers coach for us. As far as what he does now, I think he's just a regular defensive assistant. I'm not so sure. Uh, I do feel bad for Shep, but the on the wall, and I hate to say it, someone called the Bravo Network. <laughs> I would like to learn a little more about his family. Hello from Florida. Stephen Tuttle says, let's go Giants. What's up, Stephen? A couple Stevens in the comments section tonight. Hello to all, uh, Stephen. Daniel Jones is not a bad NFL quarterback. But there comes a point, Sam, I think, where we both admit this. If the Giants like look really good at the end of the season and come close to winning out, let's say they win three out of their last four or win out, which is, again, virtually impossible folks that's not what we're saying but we're just saying if that is to be which we don't think it will um you have to have a conversation next year and gary myers um on social media said something very interesting and i agree with him devito has not only saved himself a job for next season and beyond he has potentially also saved Daniel Jones's job as well on the Giants, and that might not be a popular opinion, but here's why. They continue to win games with DeVito. 
get in the playoff hunt, the Giants won't be drafting a quarterback in the first round, possibly in the second or third round as well. They may draft a guy day three to compete with DeVito as the backup, and next year it'll be DeVito against DJ. That'll be the talk. It'll no longer be a rookie. So if DeVito continues to play like this, he's saving Daniel Jones's job because if the Giants draft, I don't know, May, Daniels, God forbid it's Caleb. I don't think it will be. It's over. It's over for DJ if one of those three gets drafted. Um, But if it's a day three guy like Sam Hartman mm-hmm. or whoever. I would love that. a big Sam Hartman fan. I love Sam Hartman. <laughs> um, not happening. Um, yeah. As far as Daniel Jones losing his job. But. Um, it's going to be a lot of time in the offseason to video. talk about that. Ab- absolutely. A couple things here. Um, Darren Waller might come back this week, Sam. Very excited to talk about that um, in our Week 15 preview against the Saints. Um, definitely exciting. I don't know if he'll play. He did not practice today. Mm-hmm. But definitely an interesting spiel there. The Saints coming off a 28 to 6 win against the Carolina Panthers. They snapped a three game losing streak and they're favored by six points in this game. Goes to show you what people still think about the Giants. I think that's um, too much. I do think it's too much, too. Like, I, I was surprised to see that line. I was expecting more like a four and a half ish type of line. But yeah, no, I'm I'm pretty. I'm pretty surprised with that, but I honestly, I mean, and and we're going to talk a little bit more about game predictions uh, a little bit later, but this is a winnable game. Like this team that we just beat, beat the chiefs. And like, I'm really not afraid of Derek Carr. um, Who's not entirely healthy right now. Their entire team just hasn't really looked all that good to begin with. Um, And yes, we, they just snapped that three game, um, I'm sorry, three-game losing streak, but you beat the Carolina Panthers? Like, relax, okay? You lost to a lot of pretty good, decent teams um, the past couple or the past few weeks, and I feel like those teams were definitely at a par where we're at now. Um, so pretty, pretty uh, excited. I'm not going to lie. Hi, David. What's up, David? Uh, David, your daughter is getting big, and uh, I'm very happy to see that um, yeah, awesome She's like up to his hip in that picture. That's right. That's uh, David Yates from the other side of the pond. Appreciate you, my guy. Um, hope all is going well. By the way, the NFL just announced a game in Brazil next year. I saw that. I, saw I know that. David's from uh, – over the pond in the UK, but yeah, so from Scotland, that is, but yeah, it's crazy the way the NFL is expanding internationally. But back to the Giants and the Saints. We'll be having a guest on in just a few moments. Sean Militello from Off the, Off the Dome Sports will be joining the show. So I just want to say, Sam, the Giants historically have done well against the Saints, although New Orleans has won three out of the last four meetings two years ago. I remember going on a podcast with two Saints fans, Connor Robinson and Michael Balco, who are friends with Sean, I believe. Um, and they both 
kind of put the Giants down a little bit, and rightfully so at the time, but Giants won that game in overtime. That was the long be forgotten 2021 season. I don't know if you remember that game. I do. The Saquon touchdown in Mm -hmm. in overtime. I 100% remember that game. Because I was like, oh my God, we're so back. And we were not back. back. (laughs) (laughs) Scouting the Saints a little bit, though. The Saints have the 13th ranked offense and defense in the National Football League. We know they have a solid defense. DBs, Marshawn Lattimore, Paulson Adebo, Alante Taylor, Tyran Matthew, the hometown product. But their weakness is their offense, Sam. And before we bring Sean up, I want to talk to you about Derek Carr a little bit. Great guy. Um, Offensive line in New Orleans is not great outside of Ramchek and McCoy. They've struggled with Trevor Penning developing him. Uh, you know, their head coach, Dennis Allen, is not great. He all the decade ago when he was head coach of the Raiders. Do you think Derek Carr looks like Marv from Home Alone? Do you think there's any resemblance there? <laughs> what's your thought on this play? I promise I won't ask you about chocolate chip cookies either. I know it was awkward, but do you think that's an actual thing? With his hair, mm-hmm. like kind of crazy. I see it. I've never thought of that. But I did think when his hair was much shorter that he looked like Sid from Toy Story, for sure. But the Marv comment, I never thought about it. But it's true. He takes off his helmet and his hair just, like, expands. Just, like, I get it. I like, you know, this is not my natural hair. I have very curly, curly hair. So, like, I get how that would be. But that's really funny. And I'm going to go with, yeah, he kind of does remind me of Marv from Home Alone. And Tommy DeVito's Joe Pesci. There you go. That's right. We have the wet bandits on the field on Sunday. Um, Joe Horn better keep his phone in his pocket. I remember that. Joe Horn pulled out uh, his his phone. I think that was back in the 90s or early 2000s. When you get down to New Orleans, tell Barkley to hit the hole and stop dancing. You know the old line is not that strong. Hit it and score. Sam, you were just talking about. Saquon, but the matchup for me is Kayvon Thibodeau in this game because, I mean, he is our best edge rusher, kind of getting into our keys of the game here while we wait for Sean. Um, Having a couple uh, laptop issues, but him going up against Ryan Ramchick, who's highly regarded as one of the best tackles in the NFL, should be the matchup of the week. I know Eric McCoy is going to do well, too, against Dexter Lawrence, but if Thibodeau and Lawrence can't get pressure, Derek Carr is capable of throwing dots against this defense. He's very capable of doing it. If Thibodeau and Lawrence can't get to the quarterback, it'll definitely be a problem in this game for Big Blue. What do you think? Um, I would agree. You know, people are kind of on the lower end of Derek Carr right now, but we're forgetting about the career that this man has had. I know, unfortunately, he hasn't won anything per se, but he's a good quarterback and he's considered a veteran now. Like he's um, he's up there. So he's been around for a while. He's been on several teams at this point. Like he knows what he needs to do. And yes, if he's given the time, guy's got a cannon. Like he can, he can make that ball appear in Chris Olave's hand if he so chooses to. So 
to penetrate the offensive line, to stop Derek Carr, um, to ransack Chris Olave, like just, you know, I, I'm honestly, Kamara isn't as um, scary to me as he once was in his career. I think that he was at, at one point very, very, very good, but I feel like he has fallen off a little bit, especially with all the things happening with the law and all that stuff. So I definitely think Derek Carr is not someone we should just push to the side because he still is a very good quarterback, like you said. And we should not give him that time to make those connections downfield. Yeah, um, I remember our 2021 draft show with Andy Hopper when Carr was still a Raider. We had the Raiders fan Trey on the show, and they drafted Alex Leatherwood in round one. Total reach, by the way. He's like, well... I guess more protection for Derek Carr. You know, he, he takes a lot of time to the side, so why not give Derek Carr more time to the side? But speaking of deciding, I've decided it's time to bring up our guest for the <laughs> evening, Sean Militello from Off the Dome Sports from Louisiana himself. Sean, how are you doing, my friend? Long time, no talk. Absolutely. I'm doing great. I am honored to be on the Big Blue Avenue um, I watch a couple of your shows, maybe, maybe once a week. Um, I don't know how long, how many times y'all go in one week, but I'm ready to get into some Saints versus Giants talk. Tommy Cutlets, Tommy Cutlets, um, uh, and, uh, Marv from Home Alone. That's the, uh, quarterback battle we have on our hands here. So uh, let's get into it. Yeah, I was saying that Tommy DeVito could be Joe Pesci in this case, and we'll just have both of the wet bandits on the field on Sunday. So, um, but yes, let's get into it. Let's talk about your Saints a little bit. And before we even make it onto the field, let's talk about the sidelines for a second and um, the questions surrounding Dennis Allen. So what are your thoughts so far on him as your head coach and how have things kind of changed as the season has gone on? So, you know, Dennis Allen, two years now with the New Orleans Saints as head coach, longtime defensive coordinator, um, a Sean, Pay- Sean Payton disciple. He is currently 13-17 and 17 right now as head coach for the New Orleans Saints. He has a far more worse record with the Oakland Raiders. Um, so, so far, the experience has been lackluster. I could tell you that the fans are frustrated. Uh, they hate Dennis Allen, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, going into it when we first hired him, you know, at, at the moment, I thought it was the right hire, you know. Um, I thought he could be like a poor man, Sean McDermott, you know, be a successful defensive head coach in the league. There's not too many of those. Uh, you know, us Saints fans are realizing that. You know, this year, you know, even though I would say we kind of have a better record at this point of point of the year than last year, I still I still think we kind of take a step step back, in my opinion. Um, the Saints are one of the, you know, least disciplined team in the league. And honestly, I think that falls back on coaching um, his unwillingness to you know, maybe move on from his offense coordinator in Pete Carmichael. You know, it seems like they're best buddies, so I guess he's never going to let him go. You know, so, I mean, I call him pistolless Pete 
Carmichael. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, you know, it hasn't been great, but, you know, we're tied for first in the NFC South, in the uh, garbage NFC South. So, I mean, I guess it could be worse. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> it could be worse. That's for sure. It, it could be worse, you know. Um, let's talk about your quarterback. We're just talking about Derek Carr. Um, always been a fan of his. Um, I know he might be on the latter portion of his career right now. He's battling through, I think, some rib injuries this year, um, playing through in each of the last three games. Um, What do you attribute that to, and how do you think the car experiment has gone this season? So as far as the injuries, you know, I don't think – you know, sure, it it plays an impact on his play recently, but – Honestly, his play has been about the same throughout the entire season. The experience, you know, you know, has been disappointing, to be honest with you. You know, I, I do also like Carr, and I love the signing when it happened. I thought it was a perfect fit. You know, Dennis Allen drafted him in Oakland um, the, the year he got fired. So, I mean, he's, he's, he's Dennis Allen's guy, you know. Um, you know, he fights for him, to be honest with you. It's, it's crazy to watch. Uh, he didn't do the same with Jameis Winston last year. You know, once Jameis Winston got hurt, he, he got benched. It's it's the difference here with Carr. And that obviously tells you that, hey, that's his guy. He's going to play no matter what if he feels like playing. So the Carr experience, you know, it's – you know, I can't tell which person they hate the most, uh, Saints fans. Derek Carr or Dennis Allen? I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe Derek Carr is Marv, and um, you know Dennis Allen is uh, what Joe Pesci, like you were saying. So I mean, um, I wish it just could be better. You know, uh, at this point in time, I don't think it would hurt to maybe go to Jameis in this situation, maybe let Carr get healthy because at the end of the day, Carr is under contract for at least one more year uh, because after 2024, we could cut him without occurring as much dead cap. Uh, Jameis wins as a free agent next year. So, I mean, so it's not like we're going to bring back Jameis. Um, I hope it gets better, honestly. Yeah, definitely. It's uh, it's uh, I I'm a big Jameis Winston fan. I've always liked watching him play, and I always feel like his talents are wasted as a backup. So that's interesting that even some fans are thinking to because I mean, Carr had two what two concussions, right? So he's struggling a bit there. Two concussions and three what fracture ribs. Yeah, yeah. so not ideal. But you know, Saints fans. This generation of Saints fans grew up in the Sean Payton, Drew Brees era. So they're a little spoiled. You know, I got the experience right before that era with the Jim Hazlitt, the Aaron Brooks, the Joe Horn. I experienced about three years of that. So I know the struggle. You know, my family uh, has been season tickets holder since the very first game in Tulane Stadium back in 19, I believe, 67. Um so, I mean, we've been Saints fans all our lives. So we've been through the struggle. I know the struggle. Um, so 
the fact that we're sitting here six and seven, we don't even know what real struggling is. So I think Derek Carr does get compared to Drew Brees a lot. And I think that's unfair for Derek Carr because mm-hmm. to me, Drew Brees, you know, I think the most logical the the um, the explain Drew Brees, he's the top ten quarterback of all time. I say he's top five. Might be a little biased there. But, you know, I think it's an unfair comparison and they're used to seeing elite quarterback play. And that simply hasn't happened since 2020. I mean, you look at it, uh, Jameis Winston, great start, but got hurt, had to go to Trevor Simeon, Taysom Hill, which Taysom Hill has a winning record as a starting quarterback. They don't want to, they don't want to play him. They don't want to play him. And then we went to, Jameis Winston again, and then Andy Dalton, now Derek Carr. I mean, the struggle is kind of real, but it's not as bad as it could be, you know? So, um, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, Let's talk a little bit about your wide receiver, Chris Olave, and, like, kind of what are your thoughts on him so far this season, and how has he developed so far as wide receiver on the Saints? So I got to give credit to Chris Olave because at the beginning of the year, he struggled with Derek Carr big time, you know? Um, And honestly, you know, it was a mature issue. You know, I I understand Derek Carr, you know, not the greatest quarterback. He wasn't doing well himself. They were just having an off connection there. But I I, I think, you know, a lot of blame was being pointed at Carr when just as much as blame should have been on Olave. And it's amazing to watch because Olave has matured as a, a player and as a person because, you know, he just got arrested for a DUI. Uh, you know, he's been great ever since, I guess, after the first four weeks. You know, he's about to pass his target amount targets he, uh, than last year as far and as well as completions. I think he leads all 2022 NFL draft wide receivers uh um in that draft class in receiving yards so i clearly think he's the best wide receiver out of that draft class and i think he's a great building piece for the future um you know i I just think we need to give him a better head coach and maybe a better quarterback we'll see you know um i do like chris alave a lot james kent says will tommy cutlets be the starter when the season starts next year DJ ain't ready. I think it could go either way. It could be if DJ's not ready or if DJ's not QB1 material. I think it could go either way. I got to go with Tommy Cutlets, man. Yeah. Tommy Cutlets. You know, I'm, I'm a fake uh, Italian, so Melitello. I'm not a real Italian. Melitello, but... Uh, South I, Italian, right? Yeah, uh, South Italian. We, we call our... Uh, uh, what, y'all call it red sauce up there? We, we call it red gravy down here. That's what we call it. So Some people in Jersey say gravy, so... Uh-huh. Hmm. It's interesting. That, mu- that must be the Sicilian. <laughs> we're, that's yes. why I am a Sicilian. Gotcha. Sean, speaking of like food and sauce and everything, I know you're a big fan of cake um, from previous years on the show. Um, I think you know where I'm going with this. Taysom Hill is a Swiss Army knife. We all know that. But what is his best ingredient as a football player? Last time the Giants played the Saints, Taysom Hill scored two touchdowns. I know I don't think he played this past weekend. I think he was out or he was game time decision. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but what is his best ingredient? One word, flexibility. And um, 
you know, if there was a position, just like in fantasy football, you have the flex option, that's his position, you know. Um, You know, he can play tight end, running back, quarterback. Uh, Obviously, he's he's at best when he's running the ball. In my honest opinion, he's the best runner on the team, even over Alvin Kamara, even though Alvin Kamara has doubled the rushing attempts, you look at the yards per attempt, Taysom leads that category for the team. And I actually have a stat. Uh, Taysom, if, if he has at least seven carries per game, um, the Saints are 18 and two. The Saints are 15 and one if he has eight carries or more. So, I mean, that just tells you how much of an impact Taysom Hill has on this offense and this team. And honestly, uh, I wish he was starting at quarterback, to be honest with you. I mean, I, I believe what, he has like a 7-2 and two record as a starter. You know, it's not like he's a, you know, god-awful uh, passer. I mean, he's not great. Don't get me wrong. But I think he's ser- definitely serviceable considering all the quarterbacks that we are seeing right now in the NFL. He can't be any worse than a lot of these guys that are playing right now. For sure. Yeah. I I love Taysom Hill. I love watching him play. I think that he's super interesting. And I love when Peyton was just like, yeah, we're, no, we're going to start him and we're just going to have him in there. And it was, it was wonderful. I loved it. But um, something that Tom mentioned earlier in the show, which was something he was really looking forward to watching was Brian, Brian Ramachek and Kayvon Thibodeau going up against each other. Um, so obviously a great matchup, but what, matchup to you is the most intriguing this weekend i don't know if this is a little bit of cheating here because technically they're not really matching up on you know on opposite sides of the field uh i i like the quarterback battle here you know Derek carr versus tommy devito which i like a lot i like tommy devito and honestly i would prefer him over daniel jones uh but you know, I would like to see what Tommy DeFito has in him because, you know, I watched a little bit last week or Monday night against the Packers, and I like what I saw, and I would like to see a full game experience from him. And I think he, he, he'll he have a good game against the Saints. Maybe not overly amount of passing yards, but, you know, you know, he had 10 rushes for 71 yards against the Packers. So, and you, you, the Saints are one of the worst rushing defenses, uh, run defenses, I mean, in the NFL. So I think he might have his way there. Um, and honestly, Derek Carr, I can see him struggling in this game. So it, it's going to be funny to watch on Twitter. You know, the, I call him the Saints mob. Um, if Tommy DeFito absolutely balls out and Derek Carr has an absolutely garbage of a game, Saints Twitter might blow up. And that, that's what I want to see, uh, just because it would be hilarious. You know, <laughs> these these fans are crazy, man, out here. They just, you know, like I said, they're spoiled. They don't, they don't know any better. They, they're, yeah. they're thinking that everybody should Wait. be Drew Brees, you know? So let, let me just get this straight, Sean. You want DeVito to outplay Derek Carr <laughs> and still win. Is, kinda, what, is kind of what you're saying. Kind of, because like I said, I like Tommy DeFito. Maybe, <laughs> maybe he should be the Saints quarterback next year. Uh, uh, let's, uh-uh, let's, he's our. <laughs> we trade you Derek Carr and maybe some um, – we'll, we, we trade you some Louisiana boot in 
which is a uh, Louisiana sausage. Fun basically. fact. He was offered a richer contract with Washington coming out of the draft, and he chose New York because he could live at home. <laughs> that was yeah. part of his reasoning. I love it. When, when you got a, a mom who cooks for you and can make chicken cutlets, you know, uh, <laughs> I would too, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, man, uh, just a couple of comments here. Um Goofball said Dexter Lawrence against the bowl of shrimp and grits. Oh, he's calling your interior line a bowl of shrimp and grits. Uh, Eric McCoy is a pretty good lineman to me. I know he's a little banged up, but I, I wouldn't, I don't know if I'd go as far as shrimp and grits, but going up against Dexter Lawrence is no joke, man. That is no joke. Um, but I want to ask you on your defense, I'm a little nervous about your defense. Your defense is very good. It's been very good this season. One of the better units in the league. I won't say it's the best, but it's definitely one of the better units in the league. Who has stepped up? And this could be multiple players, Sean. It doesn't have to be just one. Who has stepped up this year? Anyone in particular? I've seen a lot of good things from several different players, but we want to hear from you. So at the beginning of the year, if you would have asked me at the beginning of the year, maybe the first four weeks I would say Carl Granderson, uh, you know, that contract extension, we just gave him kind of backs that up. But as the season went on, there's no doubt about it that Paulson Adebo is the defensive MVP this year, in my honest opinion, especially when Marshawn has been down due to injury. Um, he has been elite. Uh, I'm not saying he could be this elite, uh, for years to come i hope so but you know he has been great and honestly i think it's because marshawn um has been hurt so he's been moved up to that cornerback number one role so i think he plays better that way um so i don't know why you know you're going up against you know number one wide receivers so you know and isaac yeah, uh, I can't pronounce his last name. Isaac Yudum. Yadam. Y- Yadam. He he was ours, by the way. Just want to say he was garbage. I know. Hey, that's that's what Dennis Allen does good. He's a secondary guy. You know, you, you bring in Joe Woods as well as the defense coordinator. He's another secondary guy. They they work their magic with the secondary, but you know, we lose Ryan Nielsen, so that's why our rushing defense or run I mean run defense has been lackluster. But like I said, Paulson Adebo, I got a stat here, 345 cover snaps without allowing a touchdown this season. 345 snaps, cover snaps. That's pretty darn good. That's almost like, you know, Marshawn uh, territory, you know. Um, so I, I like what I saw from him, and I, he, he's the guy. He's the guy for sure. I love it. I love it. Well, since we're talking about the defense a little bit and, you know, you've already shared how much you love Tommy DeVito. um, What do you think Tommy DeVito's biggest challenge against this defense is going to be? Because he did struggle with some sacks in the past, but last week, zero sacks, which was a huge deal for us. So what do you think is going to be the biggest challenge for Tommy DeVito going up against your defense? I do think the struggle will be through the air, obviously, Mm because that's our strong suit. Um, we are not a good pass rushing defense. Uh, I think we average about, 
I don't know, maybe a sack a game. I'm not too sure on that. I know we don't we have a very low sack percentage. Um we got an old defense in particular. You know, I don't think Tommy has the weapons wide receiver wise. I like what Wandell's doing. I really like him. I picked him up in fantasy. Hopefully he does me well in the playoffs. I'm not gonna start him just yet. I want to see what he does against the Saints. But um I think he's going to struggle through the air, but what he's going to do well in, and if you go back to Saints versus Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence did well against us. Uh, some A couple other quarterbacks, Josh Dobbs, did good against us on the ground. You know, uh, We struggle against scrambling quarterbacks, and I never took Tommy DeVito to be a scrambling quarterback, but you, know, you look back what he did against the Packers – you know, I, he could very much do that against the Saints. And if they use Saquon to his best ability on the ground, he, he could have a big game. And if that happens, then that will open up the pass. So that will be the key for the Giants. Get Saquon going on the ground, open up the pass for DeVito, maybe get Wandell in space uh, to make some plays happen. And if you get in the red zone, toss it up to uh, Hodges, that's his name. He just had that red zone touchdown against the Packers. Nice catch. Um, so yeah, I think those are kind of the keys to the game. Um, fantasy wise, since I do a fantasy podcast with the three man weave, uh, no crying in fantasy, that's what we call it. Um, I would pick Tommy DeVito to have a better fantasy output than Derek Carr. So uh, yeah, I I think he's a maybe a sneaky little waiver waiver wire play, depending who you have at quarterback. You never know. You pretty much just said it. Like <laughs> Devito's going to outplay Carr in this game, but you still want the Saints to win, of course. But you're rooting for Devito to do better <laughs> than Carr is also what you're saying. I think it's a win win. You know, I, I think if you lose, yeah. If we if we lose, we hire that draft stock and we'll we'll draft Jaden Daniels. But you know, if we win, you Elish exactly yeah. LSU. Hey, and who developed him, Sean? Who developed him after transferring in from Arizona State? Brian Kelly. That's right, Mike Brian Denbrock. Kelly. Um, Brian Kelly, a great ingredient, I, by the way. I was about to say that they found all the ingredients, made the perfect cake in the Heisman, the Heisman Award winner. Um, but yeah, Tommy DeVito, maybe a possibly big game. Um, you're talking about all this. Steal a player from the Giants, if you could. Just rip them up, throw them in the van, and bring them down to New Orleans, put them on the Saints. Who are you stealing from the Giants? Honestly, uh, and I don't know if you guys would really think who I'm thinking. You know, I would I would say Tommy DeVito, but I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to go <laughs> there. But, uh, you know, honestly, give me Cordell Flott, man. Cordell Flott. Yes. LSU boy. Um, has he been covering the slot for y'all? That's, that's, just been, that's his, main, his main area. Um, that, at least at LSU it was. I think he would fit in well with our secondary. Uh, we need a true slot guy. Alante Taylor has been sh- struggling this year. He had been bumped up to 
to the outside again with Marshawn out since Parson Adebo had to go up. But Alante Taylor in the slot this year, when he was in a slot, struggled. And I think Cordell Flott would be an excellent addition to our secondary. And he would he would do really well because, like I said, uh, there's one thing Dennis Allen does well in coaching and discipline. It's that secondary. And that's why we have been one of the better secondaries in the league in the past, what, five or six years, ever since Dennis Allen came back to the Saints to be the defense coordinator. One last question before we go into some game predictions and players to watch. But the NFC South is one of the most interesting divisions, I think, right now. Um, three of your teams are all six and seven, apart from the Panthers, which I think at this point we can just kind of throw them in the trash. Um, but with such a close division between three different teams, who do you think is going to come out on top of this catastrophic division? Um, I, I'm thinking the Buccaneers, and um, okay. I like what I see out of Baker a lot, and uh, he um. He's finding a good connection with Mike Evans which and Chris Godwin, which isn't, isn't hard to do because they're excellent wide receivers. But, you know, I was expecting the struggle at some point this season, and I don't think I've really seen him struggle once this year. Um, he's gotten Rashard White involved in the receiving game as well. Kate Otten is a, a, a underrated tight end. You know, they probably got – one of the better offensive lines in the NFC South. Uh, their defense is lackluster, which is kind of surprising considering, you know, they got a defensive head coach and Todd Bowles. But, you know, you look out how they played against Atlanta and how they played against the Saints. They have been the better team against both of them, both of the Saints and the Falcons. So if I had to guess right now, I would say the Buccaneers would come up top. And I hate to say that I really do, but, uh, even after Tom left, like I, I you know, I, I, I've developed more of a hatred for the Buccaneers. But you know, you know, it, it lessened when Tom retired. But maybe I'll hate them a little bit more if they make the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> I will say the this season, not throughout their career, but this season, the Bucks have the best quarterback in that division, in Baker Mayfield, which is. Ironic. I'm, I'm a big Baker Mayfield fan. I've loved him since his Oklahoma days. So I'm I'm loving what he's been doing this past season. Car car's better long term, but this season we're judging based on this season. Yeah, I, I would have to lean Baker here, partially yeah. because of who he has at receiver and Evans and Godwin. Right, and and I love the offense coordinator they grabbed from Seattle. Uh, I forgot his name to be honest with you, As but uh, yeah. <laughs> It's it's some weird name, but he's been doing a great job. So I like what I've seen from him. And yeah, ever since Baker went to the Rams last um, season, let's get into our to watch. You know, yeah, Sean, let's get into those. Tom, I think you're a little watch. laggy there. Oh, uh, Sam, I'll get I'll let you lead here then for a second while I work on this. Yeah, no problem. Um, do you want to finish your your thought there, Sean, about Baker at the at the Rams? Well, I was gonna say like with the Browns, you know, I wasn't typically a big fan of him, but like I say, with the Rams, when he went to the Rams, I think he kind of developed this underdog story, you know. So, uh, you know, you know, I don't mind him now. So I, I think he's uh he's he's doing well. 
Definitely. Um, so we'll talk a little bit about keys to the game here. Um, I know we mentioned a lot um, in the past few minutes here, but what do you think the Saints key to the game to win against the Giants is? I would say the key is um, no turnovers, uh, win mm-hmm. the time of possession, uh, score in the red zone, uh, you know, do better with the run defense. I, I think, you know, if we let Saquon let loose, I, I think the Giants have it. I, I really do. Because, you know, they beat a good team in the Green Bay Packers. That was a good team. Jordan Love was on fire. Uh, so, and it, they just, they, they beat them. The Giants looked like a good team versus the Packers. And I, I think they could continue that uh, that momentum in, with the Saints because, the Saints have got to be one of the most inconsistent teams in the NFL. You know, they're so up and down. Uh, I'm the, the Atlanta game earlier this year, Carr put on a beautiful first drive and he just throws a pick six. It's just like, it's like, you know, like, come on, man. Like we can't catch a break. So I think, you know, if, if Carr can play a clean game and, he has a problem with finding open wide receivers in the middle. He really mm-hmm. does. You know, he misses a lot of guys through the middle. He likes to pass towards the sidelines for some reason. And I never got that. Uh, so, I mean, I, you know, rushing the ball, I think we have the advantage there maybe because I, I think the Giants also, I'm not, correct me if I'm wrong, have sort of a weak rushing defense. I'm not too sure on that, but, uh, they're not as bad. It's not as bad as the Saints. Some previous you know? years, right? And yeah. um, so, I mean, I think Kamara could have a big game. You mm. will see a lot of Kamara receptions, if especially if Olave is out because he has an ankle injury. Rashid Shahid is coming back. He will play Sunday. So, uh, yeah. So just play a fundamental, fundamental sound offensive game and stop Saquon. That's all you have to do. So I guess Saquon's your guy for the Giants then? Is that who? Saquon and DeVito, a little mix of both? Yeah, I think that's a good little duo you'll have there. Uh, Maybe that's the duo of the future, you know? Sam, what about you here on on this one? A couple guys from the Saints, a couple guys from the Giants. Who is catching your eye? I would say on the Saints for sure – Um, I always, I love watching Cam Jordan play. I think that he is going to be somebody that we got to keep an eye out for, especially since, uh, you know, we need to give Tommy the time we need to, you know, give receivers, Saquon, everybody needs more than enough time to do what we need to do. So Cam Jordan coming out here and, uh, you know, being scary because that's his job is to be very scary and he's very good at it. Um, I'll throw Carr into the mix, obviously, um, more on like a health watch, seeing, you know, how he's doing on the field in terms of his injuries and so on. And then like literally anybody that's going to be down the field. I mean, they've been dealing with injuries all season long, which is who's coming in, you know, who's been injured, uh, so on and so forth. So anybody that's going to be connecting with Derek Carr down the field and um, always got to shout out Cam Jordan. Agreed, James. James mentioned Jalen Hyatt for 
the Giants. That should be one yet to score a touchdown in his professional career. Um, Sean, we mentioned earlier, Carr's thrown a pick in three straight games. The Saints are one and five this year in games that they commit two or more turnovers. Uh, they're five and one in games where they commit one or less. So I, I think that's definitely uh, one key for Derek Carr as far as watching him. But um, for me, Alvin Kamara is one of those guys. I mean, him and Taysom Hill both running the football. Taysom Hill had two touchdowns against the Giants a couple years back. Kamara had 129 yards against the Giants in 2021. Again, much different team. I remember um, that. The Giants run defense. Yep, unfortunately. Um the Giants' run defense is much better on the second level rather than the first. Outside of Dexter, they struggle. You take him off the field, you throw in the rookies. Jordan Riley, second year, he's technically a rookie, didn't play much last year. DJ Davidson, um, those two guys, they sort of struggle against the run right now. Davidson more than Riley. So with Leonard Williams being traded to Seattle outside of Dexter Lawrence, they're looking at guys like Ashawn Robinson and Rakeem Nunez Rochez, former NFC South guy, to step up to the plate. Um, I mean, I still think Olave is a good receiver. He's developing nicely, had a touchdown last week, sort of taking Michael Thomas out of the spotlight a, bit, a little bit. Rashid Shahid is an outstanding Z receiver who can burn coverages, I think, personally and defensively. It's the Mario Davis for me. I mean, yes, he's 34. But he's still really good. He has five and a half sacks as a linebacker. I mean, he's just one off the team lead with Carl Granderson having six and a half. And I think the Mario Davis is a really good older version of Bobby Okereke. I think that's who he is. Um, I really do think that he's done a good job this year defensively for the Saints, Sam. So I'm definitely a little nervous about him. Yeah, for sure. Um, I realized I didn't mention any Giants players, but I'll just <laughs> just say Tommy DeVito. Make it short and sweet. Mm-hmm. Tommy Cutlets. Yep. A <laughs> um, little more uh, seasoning for me on the defensive end. I want to mention Xavier McKinney, and here's why, guys. And, and fans, if you want to comment in the comment section about this, I'm all for it. McKinney has played like the one of the best safeties in the league the last few weeks. Um, had the best PFF grade this past week among safeties in the NFL, 90.9 in coverage. He's the seventh-ranked safety in the league this year, according to PFF. And I think that's part of the reason why Pinnock has played really well, Sam, on that back line. Pinnock just collected a second pick of the season. And then, Sean, I'm sure you saw it as a neutral on Monday Night Football, Deontay Banks was phenomenal. I mean, he's got two picks on the season. He was making tackles short of the first down marker. He's excellent in coverage. He saved the touchdown on that last drive. He broke it up towards the end zone. It was about to be caught for a touchdown. Where's Michael Thomas? I just mentioned him, James. Uh, yeah. Where, where is he is right? Where is Michael Thomas, Sean? <laughs> right now. Might as well. well Right now, currently, um, I couldn't tell you. Uh, it's almost <laughs> like a where's Waldo situation here. Um, you know, you know. You mentioned Deontay Banks uh, out of Maryland. Like the pick, by the way. I think that would be a good matchup if Olave's healthy and ready to go. Mm. That would be an excellent matchup. 
you know, the Giants, if I read this correctly, have been averaging four turnovers a game in the last three games. Yeah. So, and I, I like the stat you brought up, uh, um, Thomas, that um, that the Saints are five and one when they commit one or less turnovers, and they're one and five when they commit two or more turnovers. We've been averaging about almost two turnovers a game in the last three. So, I mean, you know, if the Giants can get those turnovers, I I, I think the Giants have you know a chance to win the game. It's going to be a close one for sure. Uh, I, it, I think it's going to be a three point, two point game, possibly. Um, I th- that's the average win margin for both of these teams in the last three, two points, I believe. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know what was the Packers game, what was that score? I don't think that was two points. No, uh, yeah, uh, three points, right? Three 24, points. 24 to 21, 24 okay. to 22 for us. Pretty close, pretty yeah. close. So it's going to be a close game. It's going to be a good game. 22 because they went for two. Yeah. Yeah, so it was a two-point game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so. Contract year for the um, king. Yeah. Really, contract year. Yeah. Um, everyone balls out their contract year. Daniel Jones last year, you know, when it's a Leonard Williams, everyone balls out. Uh, two more for me for the Giants. We didn't mention his name yet. Tyre Phillips shot down Rashawn Gary on Monday Night Football. I mean, the Giants as a line gave up zero sacks, so I think that's one guy I'm watching. Hate to say it, Sean. I know you're an SEC fan. Evan Hill sucks. <laughs> really? He, he's oh, he's horrible. so bad. He's horrible. And he's I mean, out, dude. Any out for injury right now? Mm-hmm. He's just lost out there. Like, I mean, Phillips – I know. I believe it went to Mississippi State or A and M, one or the other. I get confused with the color scheme, but <laughs> he's so much better. He, I mean, it just takes competency, Sean. I mean, Evan Neal might not be an NFL tackle. I don't know if this has been talked about much, but it's shocking that he came from Alabama and has flopped since entering the NFL. He's so bad. Um, but yeah, it's almost he, like Trevor Pinning. He's it's the same situation here. Um, I would argue he's worse. Under, he's worse really? than Trevor Pinning. He, he's worse. He's worse. I've seen Trevor Pinning. Evan Neal's worse. Wow. Yeah. Um, I think I think the the Giants they lead uh, the NFL in most sacks given up this year. Huh? Like uh, per game, is that absolutely. correct? Yes. Yes, I believe so. Um, and then let's get into our player predictions. I will say, Sean, I'm a big Isaiah Foskey fan. Sucks that he's dealing with that quad injury. You just could really use him. You um, could. Andre Miller to not practice. Any notable injuries for you guys this week? And we'll get your score prediction here. Final score prediction. Who wins? Um, the only injuries, like I've been mentioning, is Alave. He has an ankle injury. I assume that he plays. Uh, I think he's listed as questionable. Uh, like I said earlier, Shahid's going to play, so he's in. I expect Taysom to play. So as far as that, that's the only injuries I've been seeing. Score prediction. Uh, I'm going to go with give – me, give me 27-24. I think the Giants going to win. Uh, it's going to be a close game. It's going to come down to the wire. I, I think uh, who, uh, y'all got Randy Bullock as y'all's kicker. 
mm-hmm. going to kick the game winning field goal. And um, that's, that's what's going to happen. Uh, the Giants are going to win the time of possession on the ground, run that clock. Like I said, this is an old defense, guys. The only reason why this defense is, is, is barely hanging on to like top 10 status, I guess, or maybe just top 12 status is just the, they're veterans. So they're highly IQ players. They've been playing in the league for a long time. You know, Matthew, Davis, Jordan, you know, uh, I can go on with it, you know. So, but they're old. They, they struggle with, you know, on the ground. They struggle with players who can make something happen in space, potential game for Wandell. So I'm just saying, like, I, I think it's a potential, you know, upset here, um, if you can call it an upset. And I, I think the Giants win 27-24. You, you took my score prediction. I have it written down right here. It says 27-24. Um, so I was thinking the same thing that the Giants are going to pull it out with a game-winning field goal. We have we have similar minds here, Sean. But yeah, similar I mean, minds. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, I I agree with what you were saying, and I do think it's going to be a lot closer. We were talking earlier in the show how the line is six, and I think that that's way too much. Um, so. Wait a minute, it's uh, at six points the line. Saints yeah. in favor of the Saints. Mm-hmm. No, nah, that's that's. I would I would definitely bet uh, the plus six on there. I would, that's too far. Yeah, yeah. That's I I thought so too. I was thinking more of like a four four and a half line possibly, but um, but yeah. So that's gonna be my score prediction as well. Twenty seven twenty four. Nice close game. For sure. Love that you're both in agreement there. Full participation in practice. Paris Campbell. James hate to say it. Don't Nobody care. cares about Paris Campbell. He, <laughs> I mean, it was a low-risk signing. Appreciate the comment, James, but, oh, man. <laughs> Paris Campbell's been so bad this year. Um, granted, the whole offense has not been good, but he has not helped his case uh, trying to get yards after the catch and dropping passes. But, um, Sean, you're the first guest this season that has gone against your team as far <laughs> as game predictions. Every guest of another team that we've had – has picked their team. So um, <laughs> props to prop prop props to you for believing in us. Cause most people don't um, look, I don't want to make it a clean sweep for the giants. Um, but in this case, Sean, I still think you guys have a shot at winning the NFC South. I do. Um, it may look far fetched a little bit right now, but I have the giants winning here as well. I have a little bit lower scoring, I mean, both of you pr- picked the game prediction from two years ago. I would love that if it happens. But, um, yeah, Tommy DeVito, Derek Carr, don't exactly light up the score sheet right now. I'm going to go Giants 21, Saints 17. Wow. That's my final score prediction. I have Giants winning by four. Um, I think Kayvon Thibodeau gets a sack or two in this game. I'm really excited to see how the Giants defense can defend Chris Olave and Jawan Johnson over the middle of the field. Those intermediate routes, definitely a concern of mine. Um, James all went 21-17. Look at that. Um, appreciate you, James, for all the comments tonight. Goofballs as well. You guys were great. Um, Sean, you were great too. Um, why don't you plug yourself? Any final thoughts here before we let you sign off? Uh, you, let's go back to Thibodeau just for one second. You sure. guys, y'all move him around, right? Y'all just don't keep him on one side, right? 
Yes, he travels because Aziz is not reliable, and our next best edge is Jihad Ward, who is like a million years old as far as being in the NFL. I, I think if y'all can find creative ways to get Thibodeau um, going against our weak side of the offensive line, which is our left side, um, I think he could have a monster game. And honestly, you know, I, Carr, you know, if he struggles – you know, he might re-injured his ribs and get another concussion. I mean, I'm, I don't wish that for anybody, but I'm just saying, like, that's a likely outcome if Thibodeau finds the right path uh, on our offensive line where we're the weakest, which is the left side. So I, I think they uh, should heavily game plan for that. And, you know, and I know I picked the Giants, and you said I'm the first, you know, uh, guest on here who picked, you know, the Giants – and this I guess season. that just speaks yeah. this season. I think that speaks for, you know, what for us you. Saints fans. Yeah, us Saints fans are feeling right now. We're frustrated, you know, and we were preparing for the worst. You know, we don't want to be disappointed. That was me last week. I think, Sam, you went Giants. I went Packers last week. Is that no, right? I, I think we swept last week. I think oh, I picked okay. Packers, too. I've been going opposition since they were 2-8, and eight, Sean. So, but... I really appreciate you coming on tonight. This was a lot of fun. Always love chatting it up with you. Uh, where can people find you before you go? So you can find me on Twitter, uh, Sean, S-E-A-N underscore Melitello, um, M-I-L-I-T-E-L-O. You can find me on Facebook, add me as a friend. I'll add you back. Um, and you can, you know, you can follow Off the Dome Sports on Twitter, you know, I, I've been inactive for a while now, but, you know, eventually I'll get back into the game. I've been on the, um, the fantasy podcast as a co-host, so just been chilling and doing that. But uh, eventually I'll get back to Off the Dome Sports. But uh, I appreciate you guys for having me on. And sorry for the video and uh, audio. I had to use my phone. I don't know what's going on with my computer. It wouldn't let me use StreamYard. But I'm glad it, it, it still turned out great. Um, so yeah, I, I was, I appreciate you guys for having me. Absolutely. Sean, have a good one. We'll talk to you very soon and Hey, best of luck Sunday. May the best team win. For sure. Yeah. Tommy DeVito. Right. (laughs) All right. Thank you so much. Thanks Sean. Appreciate you. That was Sean Militello from Off the Dome Sports. Sam, uh, what a show. I think we're going to have to clip off that segment where he said he hopes that DeVito played better <laughs> than Carr um, and put that on YouTube or something. And by the way, folks, um, check out Sam's reaction for Monday Night Football. That's up on our YouTube <laughs> shorts. It's awesome. I, I love to see it. It Sam, it, it almost went viral. I mean, it, it's a highly popular video right now. So it's, it's pretty funny though because I posted it on my TikTok as well and it didn't do as well. So just goes to show it's all about platforms and everything. But yeah, it's funny. It's just me freaking out. I think my Wandale reaction is the best part. Yeah. I've like literally like elevated myself off the floor when that happened. Absolutely, um, Sam. This has been great. Looking forward to Sunday against the Saints, folks. If you want to follow Sam and I for our Giants content. We're at Big Blue Avenue, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Make sure to check us out and give us a follow. We will follow back. Um, But, yeah, without further ado, let's go Big 
blue.